0: Hey there, guys and gals. This is Powerful Brandon, and you are listening to Comics Paradox, the bi weekly podcast in which we discuss what ifs, else worlds, and all other kinds of alternate takes and tales for characters and stories that we already know and love.
1: The dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised.
0: Uh, joining me this week, as ever, two fine fellows, the first of which is Mr. Justin Cooper. Tell everyone Hello. how you doing, Justin.
2: I'm, I'm doing great. That's wow. all I got.
0: <laughs> Expansive as ever. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> and uh, secondly, but certainly not. First, not, <laughs> but not, certainly not. Firstly, certainly not. Primarily <laughs> Mr. Leo Pond. Say hi, Leo. Hi, Leo. Hey, how's it going? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> going George Burns status on this shit. Huh? <laughs> Good night, Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this week uh we we did a, a two-parter from uh Marvel's volume two of What If uh numbers 46 and 47. Uh what if the first of which is what if cable had destroyed the X-Men? and, and as it shows in the Starburst, right on the cover, part one of two. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's uh what a what a what a great cover insofar as just showing cable having murked. Many of the X-Men, uh, a number of which are who are not actually killed <laughs> in <laughs> this two-part comic book tale. In at all. this book, yes, <laughs> yeah, um, you know that. What if Cable had destroyed the X-Men? Well, well, let's let's find out.
2: And, and just so you know, they kind of come back to this cover uh, down the road with uh, there's a crossover called um, Executioner Song where the cover is done and it looks very similar to this one. So it's kind of like, I wonder if they got the inspiration from this, but it's uh, Xavier at the bottom and Cable standing over it. Wow. I want to say it was like Liefeld art. It, it might have been um, after he left, though, but um, or it could have been one of the Cuberts. I think.
0: Well, you can notice on the cover they show nobody's feet. So, was it Rob Leyfeld who did this? (laughs) No,
2: the artist that did this is uh, named Todd Smith, and his stuff may look familiar. If um, if anyone is a fan of Peacemaker, he's the one that did the Peacemaker series back from DC. He did Blue Devil. He did uh, he did a couple stuff here and there. He never like a huge prominent you know guy, but he is a uh, Joe Kubert art school graduate. So, Ah, you know, there is like that sort of similar um, you can tell with like his detailing and all that. You're like, oh, this looks like like Addy. uh, Was it Andy and Adam and Joe Kubert and all that? It's like, yeah, because he he took their their course. So
0: here, draw like us. Oh, okay. Yeah, done. (laughs) Genius. Uh, You'll make hundreds. (laughs) You'll make hundreds, (laughs) hundreds of dollars. No, no, no. Books. (laughs) Dozens of dollars. (laughs) Sorry, we should have been more clear on that. But thanks for paying to take our, our, our courses. I hope you like fun dip. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. Why? Yeah. You get do, you paid like, do, do, do you like it for all three meals? What? No, I'm just kidding. You'd be lucky to afford it for all three meals. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but That's why you save the stick <laughs> for dinner. Yes, as much as you can. That's your dessert. <laughs> um yeah, so it starts off uh it, we got you know Charles Scott and Gene Gray, that is uh you know Professor X Cyclops and Marvel Girl uh eating lunch or something, and all of a sudden there's a shrieking noise, and kablamo they get blown to fucking smithereens. And that's when Uatu comes in and he's just like, I am the watcher. Yeah, we we know, dude. We 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 get it. You're you're look at how shiny his head is in that. Yeah, right. That you know they gave him the two spots right there in the front. He's um, better
2: proportioned than we normally see him, though. I will say that.
0: Yeah, that's true. His noggin's still kind of gigantic, but um, yeah. So he's you know, he's just saying, uh, you know, I'm the watcher, and I I check out all these different realities. Um, and you know, there are plenty of realities where history diverged from what we actually know. And this one is, is, you know, just, just like those, uh, it's going to have grave consequences for the mutants known as the X-Men and the earth itself. And this reality holds the answer to the question. What if cable had destroyed the X-Men? And, um, then we just, uh, we see cable. I mean, honestly, he doesn't look like he's in a rush. He just looks like he's moving rather jauntily <laughs> away from this explosion at a restaurant where he just murdered, um, at least Scott, Jean, and the professor. Uh, but I'm sure well, there wait, are other wait till the part
2: later on when you you know they remember that he can teleport. You know, wait wait till that. So you know, well, but in the meantime, he's running away.
3: Well, so. is he running or he could be dancing? I'm telling you,
0: he
1: he looks like he's
0: he's reenacting the dance sequence from Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Like he 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 honestly looks as though he he truly could get be preparing to perform a number from like any Rogers and Hammerstein Hammerstein uh, production
3: in all honesty. A oh, lot. Uh, totally unrelated, but Schmigadoon's coming back.
0: Yes, Chicago. Yeah, no, yep. Yeah, I know. I shared it in our midweek geeks ah. chat. Leo, nice. get with the fucking program. That's bro. a midweek
2: geeks every <laughs> Wednesday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Central Time.
0: That is true. I've been there. I've seen it. I'm on it.
2: <laughs> I was talking to our listener.
0: I know. I was. I was letting that guy know. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly.
2: Over there. Thanks, Jar Jar.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? also
2: you're on the show so
0: <laughs> hey jeremy make sure to check out the show you're on every wednesday <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> midweek gigs be there or be somewhere else i don't think that's how that ends it's how it you ends better be dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're in
0: jail uh so yeah it, it, it just uh it jumps into you know cable is obviously the one that just made everything go, you know, boom, boom in the, uh, the restaurante and we find out like Charles Xavier in this reality, he, he doesn't, um, stick around, uh, with the, uh, oh my God,
1: uh, Uh, the the
0: Shiar, thank you. The Shiar empire. Um, he, he, he leaves early. And, uh, at this point, like that, means that charles xavier can walk again uh he you know he had he had been fixed as it were uh and he's he's not uh you know all far and away in space for the amount of time that he was normally in the comics and he comes back and uh he finds that like you know they're, they they got the new mutants and they're dealing with all kinds of shit with with strife who has the, uh, MLF. That is the mutant liberation front. Um, yeah, there's a
2: ton of exposition dropping like right here. Like they're talking about like specific characters. <clears throat> they're like, um, is that, is that the part where they say like long shot and rogue are missing? And, um, they talk about like dazzler right there.
0: Yeah. Um, dazzler and Colossus are amnesiac havoc. Yep. um, was uh he fell victim to genosian brainwashing
2: oh yeah, uh, havoc is messed up at this point just just um for anyone who who reads the x men just to give you a good idea in x men two twenty nine they go through this gem called the siege Perilous. Right. So it was right at the end of the Australian X-Men series where, you know, they they go through. So Colossus ends up being someplace else. Rogue ends up in Savage Land. That's going to be important in a little bit in this book. That's just why I mentioned this. Dazzler goes through uh, and she ends up, you know, living living her life and not, you know, being a, a like a mutant uh like on the X-Men team and stuff like that. So it's like all of these things happen, you know, and and they're talking about the shadow King and stuff. So just to give you an idea, this is right after X-Men 229.
3: Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little
2: deadly.
1: Use the front door. Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? To
2: have a free.
1: The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly thirty shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs—from horror reviews and celebrity interviews.
2: Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of The Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Page, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The
0: Mandalorian.
1: Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family*.
0: Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from *ET*
1: and *Cujo*. check out the dorkening podcast network
0: my mom says i'm cool
1: available on itunes spotify thedorkening.com and wherever fine podcasts can be found
2: nine in before extinction agenda
0: yeah and i mean for my part too like the shadow king uh reading this it's it been so long since i checked out the these particular stories i found myself just wanting to like go through and rewatch the show legion after reading this i was just like oh just give me something halfway decent with shadow king in it please
2: oh man shadow king is such a threat too like like in all honesty like he's he's one of the big heavy hitters of of the uh x-men universe that is just you know when you get to him it's always frightening just what he can do and all that is just like oh my god if this guy like cuts loose it's it's
0: bad news Sorry, my, uh, my pooch wanted to say hello. Aww. It's Otis Berg right there. He is intri- he is intrigued by the microphone every single time I set it up. Like, he just saw that it was out on a Saturday morning. This is when we're recording it. And he was just like, oh, my God, are you doing the show? Is there anything I can help with? And There's never anything he can help with. No. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, He's a Come here. Come here. Oh Tell yeah. Me okay. what you know of the Shadow King. <laughs> Otisberg and Argo, both named after Superman pieces of mythos. Um yeah, sorry about that. Uh yeah, friggin' there's uh there's 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 some fun stuff that I saw in this that made me think of other things that I like more <laughs> than this story. Um
2: I would like to point out, we didn't mention who the writer was. Uh, Kurt Busiek is the writer now famously with the X-Men. He is the one that cracked the code on how to bring Jean gray back after the Phoenix was dead and and killed in dark Phoenix. So he, I just want to premise this. He knows these characters to the point where he should have some sort of frame of reference for them. And I say should, because that will come into play later as well.
0: Yeah. He does. He does not do a great job overall with with this. Like,
2: <clears throat> I mean, you're leading the witness here, but yeah, you're exactly right.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm. I, that's part of my fucking job here, man. Straight yeah. up, like, uh, I was, I was a little taken back, taken aback by the fact that Kurt Busiek, who I absolutely, I love his stuff. I do too. Uh, I feel uh, like he
2: sneezed this one out.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was like. <laughs> it feels like it was thrust upon him because I just, I did not. I'm like, wow, you really have to already know a fair amount of certain things and people to, to get through this story altogether. Like there was actually a couple of instances where I was like, I don't know what the fuck that's all about.
2: And he he cherry picks some characters too. That'll be fun for us to talk about. So,
0: Yeah. So, uh, Charles Xavier is just, he shows back up and he's reading everybody the fucking riot act. Like, this is what, in like, I get his, his, uh, you know, displeasure with how they were handling shit. But the way he goes about saying anything, like, he literally says, This is how you protect my legacy. I'm like, okay, fucking hubris man. You're, you're, you're really like pushing them to a point where, you're drawing a line in the sand without realizing it.
2: Did, did um, you mention the first part of the first scene, though? Because I, I wasn't sure if you were going to... Like, where you want to filter first that. First part and... of the
0: first scene? Yeah,
2: like the page one to page three?
0: What? what? With I the explosion? What... Like, who was I in said the explosion? That. Okay. I said that already. I literally said that there was... There was an explosion that killed Professor Scott and Gene and. Probably many other people in that yeah. as well, and then we see Cable just jauntily walking away. I covered that. I said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I said all of those things. Well, hey, welcome is, back is to the it's recap. A,
3: it's early on a Saturday. Welcome even back to the recap should...
0: of the first seven minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only on my
2: second cup of Java.
0: <laughs> I haven't had any yet because I had no time to like oh. do anything other than take oh, a God, shower and d- deal with my dogs. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Charles is just giving them all a ration of shit and then cable just steps up, he, you know, he, he turns the cable and he's like, and you, 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 you done fucked up more than anybody else. So I'm, I'm going to take stewardship of the new mutants away from you. And everyone's like, no, you can't do that because he's he's
3: our stu- steward i guess was, was that his title the whole time yeah steward okay great he's our
0: steward don't let
3: don't let him go
0: and cable's like yeah well how about this um go pound sand you you're taking the new mutants away from me so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna like kill everyone oh that's a reasonable reaction i guess weird he's like you'll pay for this and then he he immediately starts fighting with the X-Men and the, and the new mutants So like, oh, Cable, you're the one that tells us what to do anyway. So just keep telling us what to do. And they slink away. People, you know, there are some folks there who made their choice and they get out through the uh, the Morlock tunnel, which why you would have a Morlock tunnel inexplicably attached to wherever you are is beyond me. I don't get that. Storm whatsoever. was their
2: leader uh, for a while, so they had a connection to it in case the Morlocks needed help. Then um, eventually she does transfer it back over to Callisto, who uh, she makes their de facto leader, because she won it through trial by com- combat. Yeah, you know,
0: I-, I did know that. I'm still... I'm still... Tr- I cannot wrap my head around why they just have easy access to a Morlock tunnel, right? There. It's it's it a, a plot point you.
2: in the early X force books, right? When they start fighting Mosk and all that, um, he's the guy that can like rearrange flesh and uh, like make it really gross and stuff. So it's, it becomes like a plot point at that point. Yeah, so it that, just,
0: that guy really does a number on Calypso too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, he's a piece of shit. He'll show yeah. up. So, <laughs> but, um, you- I, I'll say as a new mutants fan, It makes sense that they would follow Cable over Xavier 100%. They, um, Xavier pawned them off when he left for space on Magneto, and Magneto just could not figure them out. But Cable's the first one that they start with. And and when you start getting into the later issues of uh new mutants and all that, Cable lets them make mistakes and learn from their mistakes and guides them as a friggin' teacher would, but he's he's like a mentor to them, and they friggin' they're so loyal to him. Yeah. Mistakes
0: are opportunities to learn.
2: And he gave him that he, he's not like Xavier in this sense. So absolutely 100% they're going to go with him a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Cable Cable
0: was far more like his own father than he was ever like professor X. You know, Scott was always a better teacher than Charles. 100%. Oh, absolutely. You know, I actually think Scott, were he not a mutant would have been a fantastic teacher like that would have been his his fate in life regardless the kind of guy that is like the the coolest Robin Williams-esque college professor you've ever fucking seen and instead I, he, I think he had
2: wanted to be a uh, investigative journalist or something like that you oh
0: know? so he wanted to be Clark Kent
2: good stuff yeah. you, you know what he probably would have been 100% content being Clark Kent yeah fade yeah. into the background
0: you know it's like Cycl- Cyclops strikes me as a very like he would have read Superman comics and loved original like OG Star Trek and and yeah. Kirk would have been his 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 dude you know had he not
2: been so incredibly damaged a person with all this baggage I yeah he met Kirk actually so uh in oh, in the crossover
3: but phenomenal um, but if he he's Clark Kent though but then he takes off his glasses does like everybody die or.
0: Like, well, I mean, we're we're saying like you know mutant power. It, it, you know that's the thing too is like I, I love always. Evolution,
2: by the way. I
0: like I, I like the um, I really like how for years it was that Cyclops's ability was that he you know he can shoot up. And he, here's the thing: those are concussive blasts. That's not a fucking laser that comes from his eyes. That's not supposed to be heat. That is supposed to be. Full blown concussive blast. That's oh. force. Yeah, it's not a laser. Um, but the thing is, uh, for years and years, it's he his mutant ability is he can control that. He can he should be able to go out and not have ruby quartz glasses and visor all the time. But when he was a kid, he suffered a, a head injury that permanently damaged the nerve that would have allowed him to control it. And uh, that's why it was necessary for him to wear those glasses and visor. And recently in the comics, especially with uh, Jonathan Hickman's stuff uh, with uh, 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 Krakoa and, you know, the, the regenerations and stuff, the resurrections, I should say uh, Cyclops, Dies and gets grown back, and he still needs the visor and and the the glasses. And I'm like, oh, so it's just like it's a it's a flaw of his mutation. Now, I another I like,
2: reason I love those books by Hickman so much.
0: Like, I could understand if they ha- if they explained it and say like it, it's it's honestly at this point it's a block, like it's a it's a mental block that he would he could eventually overcome if he trained on it. I get that because he you know used to it for years since he was a kid. But there's nothing. There's nothing about that. It's just like, oh nope, that's his power. He just it's it's like rogue. Oh well, it's a blessing and a curse. Oh yeah, that's stupid. I don't I don't like that at all.
2: I, I love what you're saying about him and Clark Kent because a lot of times people uh Equate Cyclops Scott Summers to Batman, just in the sense that he no. trains for every contingent. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, Cyclops, I get that they do. He, he puts in the work. He he does think about tactics all the time. He thinks about how he would handle this circumstance. There's this this great thing I saw um, where it's uh, him thinking. Um, and Emma Frost is talking about him and she's like look at his beautiful mind right now he's already thinking how he would take down this triceratops you know and it's like literally that's just what Scott Th- Summers thinks about he thinks about how would i take down this triceratops <laughs> if i had to and and he does all he does all day is basically train and prepare it's it's crazy he's got that obsessive sort of nature to him but
0: i yeah, mean but, it's he, just an but he loves character. he loves learning that's the thing like he loves mm-hmm. It cannot it cannot be overstated as in so far as what I think anyway, how much Scott was a really good teacher and he actually enjoyed it. He was he was thrust more into the leadership capacity for the team more than he had the ability to teach. I mean, those things started to fall to other people in the X-Men as time went on.
2: Yeah, and, and, and he uh, took himself out of that role when you get to your Krakoa and all that because he's like, I'm better suited for this, which really aligns with what you're saying about being a teacher rather than like a, you know, a cult leader or a, a soldier.
0: You yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I always thought that I know it's a weird correlation, but one of the best um, sort of like correlations you can make from a, a character, not Clark Kent. Uh, was Noah Wiley in the show Falling Skies, like the reluctant leader who is also incredibly well versed in history that informs the military strategy that they that they they use to try to fight back? That is Cyclops. That, that is, was that, such an underrated show. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I will say <clears throat> the end, the very end of the series went a little too Steven Spielbergian. Um. I mean, it was a Spielberg-produced show. He has a tendency to to lean towards the saccharine and, and happy ending for the most part. Um, it has an ending that show. Oh yeah, good, yeah. good. Because I mean, I,
2: I always kind of thought of that like V, and V definitely had an ending, you know. And
0: yeah, no, so- they they were Falling Skies was what four or five seasons. Um, we watched it every week, Dara and I. And uh, I will say those tricky fuckers. You be careful of marketing. I will say this it works on the best of us. I, for the life of me, could not figure out why, honest to God, I started, I I got really into like Hershey's chocolate, like just occasionally getting a chocolate bar. And I started buying them on Sundays when Falling Skies was on.
2: No shit.
0: Hershey sponsored the show and they actually had hershey's chocolate that they found in a in a bunker in an area they set up and it became like a plot point in it which makes sense because like chocolate would have been so rare um but yeah they it it, they showed it consistently for several weeks and i was just like it it was like shortly after they stopped you and i was like son of a bitch it fucking worked on me you fucking assholes
2: (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was professor xavier (laughs)
0: It was an, it was pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's but it, it, and I mean, even oh. though he's s- smaller and stuff, holy shit, Will Patton, he is definitely your your cable esque type type character in that.
3: Just uh, you know, because I'm in marketing, uh, there's some fucked up stuff that they that can be played against you. Like, you know, th- there's a whole psychology with like you know, oh, yeah. guiding you to buy the right thing. Like if there's um, there's like a whole book on like uh the psychi- psychology of you know um uh choices yeah.
0: and stuff people but- people talk about demographics and marketing all the time but the, it's funny that the phrase the term that you don't hear bandied about very often is psychographics yeah it's a real thing and yeah. it's all based on on you know reach of influence and how you can manipulate it for lack of a better term uh people into going for the thing that you are are trying to get them to to buy or use
3: yep so uh well just real quick uh so say there's three items what they'll do is if you have a choice between three similar items uh one of them is going to be like totally different than uh the rest of the group two of them are going to be very similar but of those two one's going to have a minor flaw And then that's going to guide you to buy the third one,
0: which they want you to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking about guiding things, uh, we have Cable now, who's got an entire section of these new mutants. And uh, there we have we have the funeral of Professor X and, and Cyclops and shit. Wolverine and Storm fight over how to approach this. They're gonna, you know, Wolverine's like, "We should kill Cable and everybody with him," and Storm's like, "No, we shouldn't." And Wolverine just goes full on fanboy dickhead in this story, like right off the bat. Like
2: that's that's one of the first uh, mischaracterizations that you'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not like, and y- you guys know me. I'm not like the biggest fan of Wolverine. But I certainly respect the character far more since they finally truly started to flesh out his actual background. I, I just couldn't do the man of mystery thing for you know decades. It just didn't work for me. Um and it, it's it's almost taking making a parody of the Frank Miller-esque type shit. Like, you know, the best there is at what I do and what I do is very nice. Like, okay, but you He's don't got have some to be high spots
2: in here, you know. Yeah,
0: like, you don't but you don't have to like Right, Wolverine, where he actually enjoys the the strife that's occurring with the people he's closest to on the face of the planet. Like I, that it just doesn't gel.
2: This this makes sense their division that they show down here at the bottom of the page, right? So you've got uh forge and then you've got uh Colossus, Beast, Nightcrawler, Storm, and uh I can't see who the other one. I, I think that's Iceman, right? And then on this other side, you've got Archangel, uh, Betsy Braddock, aka Psylocke, Wolverine, Jubilee, who's obviously with Wolverine no matter what. Then you've got Dazzler and Havoc. So Wolverine side, you know, they they want you know to get vengeance, and the other side, they're like, we want to preserve the dream of Charles Xavier. These make sense. So I, I'm going to give it to Buziak on this one. It's like, okay, your your
0: division lines make sense. Yeah, but once again, like Wolverine is enjoying this too much. Oh, like, absolutely, he's enjoying it, and that not at all. I, I, and I honestly have to say, I don't know, I don't know this mutant group Fenris. These two people, yeah,
2: they're they're absolute pieces of shit. They're uh, Baron Strucker's children that are mutants.
0: Oh, Baron Strucker, okay. Mm-hmm because i was like why the fuck are they called fenris like just out of nowhere that makes no sense to me like how are they tied into like
2: they're they're essentially hydra right but they're they're like super mutants when they hold their hands they, they shoot out like these really uh, destructive blasts yeah they're they're pieces of garbage oh
3: they're the wow. wonder
2: yeah kind of actually um you you'll see them in the um uh the adjective less x-men uncanny x-men right and then there's like X Men, which comes out in like nineteen ninety one, Claremont and Jim Lee and all that. You'll see them in like the fourth, fifth issue, and then they kind of go away for a while. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So we um, we see that they're 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 going out and trying to fight what seems to be a a, a losing battle, uh, and then. It's just going on everywhere. Uh, You have Fenris, a terrorist group, and they're straight up saying, like, hey, blame the X-Men. They're the ones that caused this. And we see people attacking mutants simply because of the fact that they're mutants. They have more physical manifestations of their mutations rather than powers. Um, And then we have, like, Strife going up against the Fantastic Four saying, oh, uh, you're in action for... You know, fighting for freedom for mutants is uh, enough for us to sentence you to death. And it's like that's pretty extreme. Cool, cool stuff. They would wreck him,
2: and they would yeah. wreck the MLF just just for anything like that. Like any one of them. Like there's gonna be a cool scene like down the road with the Fantastic Four in this, but Strife would get his ass handed to him by the Fantastic yeah. Four.
0: Strife is one of the dumbest fucking characters I've ever seen in my life. They like, always
2: write him like he's that too. Every but, single time, he's such an idiot.
0: So so just to back up real quick, just uh, to cover
3: why this is happening, you know, when Cable left, he said, uh, essentially, you know, we're going to cause discourse. You know, this is how you beat your enemies by, you know, uh, uh,
0: dividing, letting them divide themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, he's letting the ideology of of Professor X work against the his students, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And we start to see the ramifications all over the globe. Um, we see that you know the Shadow King is um, is enjoying the all the hostility and fear. Uh, Sebastian Shaw is using it to uh, you know make make moves on Project Wide Awake with the yeah. president. Um, and then we have Mister Sinister, who I completely forgot that his group was called the Nasty Boys.
2: Yeah, like three out of four of these things have nothing to do with Charles Xavier and would have happened all. anyway. So, like, yeah. just the Shadow King part, you know, it's it's so weird. It, oh, and a... Gideon at the bottom um, was an yeah. X
3: Nasty yeah. boys, wasn't that a '90s song?
2: Yeah, it was. Oh, you nasty boys, <laughs> right, Janet,
0: Janet Jackson? Yeah, Jackson. Yeah,
2: probably where the name came from, honestly.
0: Probably. <laughs> yeah, you know? surprised they didn't call him the fucking rhythm nation. <laughs> but, uh, well, this did come out in
2: '92.
0: Yep. Yes, yeah, that that lines up. Then that tracks.
2: This is this is in the thick of it. So the, when the Nasty Boys were around, that's when X Factor changed over, and you had like Havoc and Strong Guy and Polaris and all that. All those characters haven't even gotten to that point because Xavier is done, and they they killed uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey right before they made that transition. So there's no government funded X factor. And you know that because freedom force is still around. I'm sorry. I'm going like super deep dive in X-Men here, but like freedom force with pyro and avalanche and blob and mystique and all that. That's what was your like protogenitor for uh, X factor. So, so everything is still pretty divided here, like super divided.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we, we see cable going up against, uh, you know, Wolverines, uh, faction and uh, you know he's he, it's it's just it's just uh, one dickhead versus another at this point and <laughs> we 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 see that uh, we we get Cable versus Wolverine here and uh, you know Cable's just saying we're too well matched and Wolverine's like back then we were just fighting to see what was better this time it's serious, bub. And he uh, he stabs Cable in what very much looks like his shoulder. <laughs> I think and... his, I
2: think his hands are pointed in towards his neck or something. But you're you're kind of right. That's like not a vital, unless unless he's saying he hit his heart somehow with those long claws. Uh, that not at that angle, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. Like it's it's just well... generally a weird scene, but it's so recycled too from from like a lot of this artwork i've seen other places
3: maybe he just punched him real hard cuz in the bottom right there's like no blood or anything
0: there is uh, this is any. a this is a comic books authority comic uh, sir okay so if you if you look at just underneath the onomatopoeia of chuck you can actually see the points of the blade trying to make their way through
3: oh yeah i see
0: Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep.
3: Through his back, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, huh. And then you know, they're like, Oh no, cable's dead. Movie's like, Yeah, that's right. Me and my vampire teeth have an ass. He went <laughs> way, way too on this. Um, I, 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 I gave him the pointy, pointy fist sticks to death, <laughs> and uh, then they. They get out of there with that. Um, I can't remember that that dude's name. The one with the the domino looking shit.
2: I think his name's Zero. Actually, is it Zero? The, yeah, yeah, from the he uh, opens
0: portals and stuff. Yep, uh,
2: the the yeah. mutant liberation front.
0: Yeah, um, they they make their way out of there and shit. And uh,
2: Cable had previously tried to uh, teleport, but then was abruptly stabbed by wolverine yeah
0: he so. was like computer body slide by six here are the coordinates it's like that sounds like it takes way too long to teleport bro <laughs> um and it's it's just a, it becomes a free-for-all you know all these all these different factions are going going up against one another and it is like mutant versus mutant versus mutant which does not look good for the mutant community no. whatsoever uh, and then you, oh, what are those? What are those soldiers from? The mutates? No, the, the the goofball looking ones there. Yeah, so
2: that's that's Zaladane from the Savage Land, and these are the mutates, which are kind of like genetically manipulated uh, mutants. So there's there's a guy named Barbarous with like forearms. There's no, uh, no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm talking about the soldier looking guys with the the red ge- boots and red gloves.
2: The genotians?
0: The- is that what Genosians? okay thank you yeah. i just I oh, oh place uh the...
2: no those are uh hellfire club sorry
0: the soldier looking guys
2: with the uh with like the blank faces
3: yeah am I, yeah am i on those... the correct yeah.
0: the page
2: there you go on the very bottom of that page there you can see one of them so yeah, if, no, yeah you were... in the far corner yeah so you they have those back, blank Leo. masks that's a hellfire club soldier. um
0: yeah down on the lower yeah. left the oh, very okay. bottom wow. panel yeah, that's.
2: that's I mean, all for, for this discussion, they were in
0: like a video game or something yeah. too. Right?
2: Yeah, they, yeah, they were absolutely, and I mean, it's from the Dark Phoenix saga, is where you see Wolverine kind of tearing through them for the first time, and when he he fights uh, Leland and Leland throws him down into the sewers, mm-hmm. so he
0: comes back. Yeah, and um, but yeah, they there's just all kinds of kablamo and kablooey stuff happening, <laughs> and uh, you know. Lots of people get hurt and died. and as they're uh <clears throat> excuse me, as they're all burning in the rubble of some places they just tore down themselves, essentially, Storm is inexplicably standing, you know, several football field lengths away watching it, not doing anything to help anyone whatsoever, I'd like to add, just crying and saying, "I'm sorry, professor." To which uh, we see a purple handed, I mean, purple gloved hand punching uh, the button on a panel so they can stop watching Storm on a monitor. Which, uh, where's the camera? But, because, like, what? It's just so weird that that he's got a full view of this. And it's Magneto. And of course, he's saying, it's time for me to make a. take a hand why didn't you say make a stand dude like what a weird fucking term to throw in there but yeah so now magneto is gonna gonna jump in hop on the good foot and do the bad thing and uh that that brings you to the second part which is what if magneto took over the usa